Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lincoln Journal Star's Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen, joined by Amy Just. She's back. I'm back. Thank goodness. I enjoyed, you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed a little volleyball action with Brent, but as I noted on on the outro, he was not willing to say, like, that's a bad take, Luke. Like he wasn't he wasn't willing to check me like I, you usually do. I, I will always check you. Don't you worry. That's what I'm here for. Unlicensed uh stupidity on the last pod, but not not usually. Not usually <laughs> when we've got Amy on. But you're back because um you were out at Big Ten Media Days checking in on the women's men's basketball team. Uh, we'll get some discussion on that. Volleyball talk, football, um, but coming off the bye week a lot. A lot going on this week. It's a, a busy week. Yeah, and I'm covering <laughs> some soccer, too, and then got a wrestling column next week. You know, like, there's a lot going on in Huskerland, um, but that makes it exciting. So Yeah, got a brutal a brutal Saturday on the docket, huh? Yeah, I was planning that out today um, with the talking to Volleyball SID and then, mm-hmm. of course, our, our friend Tom Chattel about how in the world, world we're going to pull off the double, but... Um, I think a, a bird scooter is in my future on Saturday. <laughs> Reminds me, all the all the football players, student athletes, they zoom around campus on those scooters. So yeah, no, living it, the life. There better be one close by so I can zip on over to miss as little volleyball action as possible. But that's right. Yep, we're talking about uh, Nebraska hosting Northwestern for football and Wisconsin for volleyball uh, next Saturday. This Saturday, I should say. Uh, big day, 2.30, 2.30 game for football, volleyball, 7, 7, is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty quick. <laughs> quick turnaround. Oh, it will be. If that <laughs> if the Nebraska-Northwestern game is as slow as the Nebraska-Illinois game, yep. I am going to be pulling out my hair. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans who will be going to both as well, so... That'll be good for them. Good timing for them. Uh, not so much for for Amy and for everybody else. But we'll get all the details, football, volleyball here in a moment. But want to start with basketball. Um, your takeaways from talking to the coaches, talking to some players, you know, learning a little bit more about how they're feeling right now um, as we approach, get closer to the season, um, starting with the women's basketball team. Um, I think just the general takeaway from what I saw from you was that they have pretty big goals this year. Um, which makes sense because they have a ton of talent coming back from last year's team and some very good new additions coming in. Yeah, I you know was really, really excited about the prospect of the guards that they have. You know, I really like the addition of Darian White. I think she's like an energizer bunny, I believe, is like the term that Alexis Markowski used. And I think after watching some of her film, that's like definitely uh, a point of pride that she takes. In her game, Josh Shelley coming back is absolutely huge. And then, of course, everyone's super excited about Allison Widener. Almost 100% ready to go for the season uh, at Big Ten Basketball Media Days. Amy Williams said that you know she's not going to be on any restriction as the season starts. And then she has a season-ending knee injury in practice. Yeah. Gutting. 
am heartbroken for her. You know, she works so hard to get back. And then she loses another season. Yep. Tore her ACL last December, um, which was a, a big blow to the team then because she adds a lot in terms of assists, energy, just kind of being that like high flying guard out there. Yeah, she's fearless. So, yeah. Fearless. And she got hurt on a play that she was being fearless in. I'm not sure the exact circumstances around this particular knee injury, but it is to her other knee. It's not to the one that she hurt originally. So big bummer. Um, it just knee injuries are so isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really long rehab process. And for her to have to go through another knee rehab again, just after going through one, my heart goes out to her. I feel awful. Yeah. Mentally, that's a, a really tough, tough setback to handle. Obviously, wish her the best, but she's a very, she's a very positive mm-hmm. player. Great, great outlook mindset anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm confident that she's going to be able to get through it, but it is, yeah. it is tough at this point when you're looking at, you know, seven, eight months, mm-hmm. whatever the the timetable is to get back to, to what she had just gotten back to. Yeah. So need to link her up with Thomas Fedoni, maybe. He, that's right. He knows support group what that would, what that's like. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the, the only sort of, I don't want to say silver lining because mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing good about it, but it is that they have a lot more guard depth this year than they did last year when they really missed her, you know, in January, uh, February, those key games. So, We'll see how that guard rotation shakes out again. Big loss without Widener. Um, other players going to have to step up there for the women's team. And as always is kind of the case, I feel like with the men's team, it's a new year, new roster, like new look to a lot of these these different players that they want to get in. And the transfers, I think, is, is of course, a, a big topic of discussion because they're going to come in. They're going to play big, min- big minutes, um, you know, key roles for this team. Uh, they are Josiah Alec, Rink Mass, Bryce Williams, and Jaron Coleman. A couple guards, a couple bigger bodies there in Alec and, and Mass. Mass, the real post player there. Uh, just what do you like about those players and, and what did Hoiberg maybe say about how they've settled in so far? Yeah, Hoiberg really likes how old this team is. Um, more than three quarters of the team has played at least three seasons of college basketball. They're the oldest in the Big Ten. Um, And he hopes that that will help them, especially all of the experience that Josiah, Rank, and Bryce have a boogie to. Um, But it's just, he's a big fan of that. You know, with Alec, another hometown kid on Mm -hmm. the roster, um, you know, there's intangibles that come with that too. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited uh, for how the new faces blend with some of the old faces in Casey Tominaga, CJ Wilcher. Uh, those two have been around for the longest, uh, which feels crazy. Um, and then obviously you get Juwan Gary back from injury, which is incredible. He was such a game changer for them last year uh, before he got hurt. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see how they all kind of, you know, mesh together. Um, You know, we talk about volleyball having all that time together with the international trip and the women's team having all that time together on their international trip. The men took an international trip, too, but so many of them were hurt or uh, several of them were playing for their respective countries uh, in the World Cup for uh, FIBA. So a lot of the team got that experience, but not necessarily playing on the court together. So I'm interested to see 
how that continues to gel. Yeah, not the whole group out there for that. But yeah, I, I like just the the mix of players right now seems like there's really good potential there. And always, you know, there's kind of that interplay between, you know, your excitement before the season, you know, how good you think you can be. And of course, putting that into action. But some of those transfers, like I think I think Alex is going to be a very versatile player out. Josiah Alec, he'll be a very versatile player out there on the court. You know, rink mass, I think really strong. They need some more of that rebounding presence, and he's definitely going to be able to provide that. And yeah, like you said, really excited to see Jawan Gary come back. I mean, he was kind of the X factor for that team last year. So getting him back to full strength, really important. And they also like the freshman that they have, uh, guard Eli Rice and Matar Diop, uh, two players who, you know, maybe again, you know, sometimes it takes time to work your way into the rotation, but uh, they like what what those guys are bringing to the team as well. Oh, yeah. The the physicality that Matar brings in practice every day, like, gets a chuckle out of everyone because they're just like, he just comes flying He's just going in. hard, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's, uh, the assessment on him is that he's really raw, but there's a lot of potential there. And I think that he could learn a lot, um, especially with this coaching staff. They're really good with bigs. Definitely. So season outlook, by the way, Nebraska picked 12th in the preseason poll, only ahead of Penn State and Minnesota. Seemed pretty fair. Maybe, a, you know, couple spots, give or take, but... I mean, based off of last year, I think that's pretty fair. Um, They played really well at the end of last season. You know, it'll always be a what if for Fred Hoiberg. You know, what if, you know, Sam doesn't get sick for this game? And what if Jawan doesn't get hurt? What if Emmanuel doesn't get hurt? You know, those will always be big what ifs. What if, you know, Derek got to play at the beginning of the season and then they won some of those close games that they ended up losing without him? Um... But yeah, I think that this team has the potential to win more games than they did last year, just out of the basic fact that their non-conference is significantly easier than it was last year. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Like my initial impression right now is that it could maybe surprise people a little bit if all the, if all these different things come together. Like I said, it's a good mix of talent, um, but again, just meshing, finding those different roles. I think that'll be very important during that non-conference stretch because uh big 10 brutal as always so yeah it's very physical (laughs) yeah um which doesn't necessarily translate over well with other conferences in their style of basketball yep so that's our our basketball update for now for media days um we'll get more clarity have a have some sort of you know season preview we'll have a you know we'll set it out we have time we have time i'm not ready for basketball (laughs) yet like coming sooner than you think i know but I just want to get through this weekend. Can we get through this weekend first? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, part of the part of the the big thing happening this weekend is Nebraska volleyball, um, which already, by the way, I mean, had ninety thousand people watch a match. Pretty cool. Uh, but I think this week's match is going to be just right up there in terms of importance um, and national national spotlight too from people, um, you know, within college volleyball because seventeen and zero Nebraska. Number two in the nation, hosting number one Wisconsin. Um, to get there, by the way, they they defeated Michigan State three one, swept Penn State as well last week. Uh, but this is this is a big one. It's one that they you know you circle that one every year. Nebraska Wisconsin, always those two top teams at the top of the Big Ten in recent years. But they haven't been able to get it done. And wow, what would what would it mean to to do it this week, huh? I mean. <sighs> I have a lot of feelings and thoughts about this because 
a significant amount of this team does not have the Wisconsin boogeyman That's true. Like, yeah. over mm-hmm. their shoulder. Like Merritt Beeson has beat Wisconsin before. Um, the freshmen have not played Wisconsin before. And so I don't think John Cook is going to need to be like, look, we've lost 10 straight to Wisconsin. We haven't beat them since 2017. Like, I don't think he's going to need to do that with them. I just, I don't know. But if there's a team that could do it, I think it's this one. Um, I just think that they're really poised. I think that they're just different compared to Nebraska teams of past years and not to say that I think they're, you know, so much better. I just think they're better equipped to deal with Wisconsin. But, of course, there's a game before that. Absolutely. Can't let that turn into a <laughs> trap game, um, which it could. Um, but, yeah, got to play Northwestern first. That's Wednesday. Absolutely. And I, I think looking at this Wisconsin matchup, too, what I'm – I'm just excited to see. I feel like it's going to be fiery at the net. Like you've got so many good blockers, good hitters. Like it's it's going to be a battle. Up yeah, there. we talk about football and basketball being physical, yeah. but this is going to be a very physical game at the net for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It'll definitely probably go more than three sets. I'd I imagine. F- I feel like I feel like you can say definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. watch oh, you me never, be you never know. watch me yeah, be wrong. Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild one, and for fans who are looking to get in, um, you're probably gonna have to pay a pretty penny if you do not have your tickets already. Because, yeah, hottest ticket of the year. No yep. kidding. Absolutely. So that'll be a big one. We'll have Amy there. Brent will be there. We'll have lots of coverage, of course, uh, leading up to the match too. Um, you know, getting some thoughts after that Northwestern match again on Wednesday. Uh, Nebraska will look to improve to 18 and 0 in that one before the big match Saturday against Wisconsin. And part of the doubleheader, there's a football game. There's a football game earlier that day too. Uh, Northwestern coming to town. Uh, before we preview that game and everything, want to kind of go a little bit more bigger picture, um, especially as it relates to kind of what we've heard from Matt Rule um, this week. You know, going back to last week a little bit, but specifically this week, you know, what we heard from him on Monday was. He was saying, don't look ahead, focus on the day, you know, like focus on the rep, all these sort of, you know, the 1% better mentality that they have. But he's saying, just focus on Northwestern. Who cares about the Big Ten West? Who cares about the final six games all about Northwestern? Okay, cool. Like, I mean, for us, though, like we can look ahead. I know. I was just going to say that (laughs) we're not on the team, so. We can't. And, you know, I look at these next three games with Northwestern. Can't talk today. Northwestern. I don't know what Vegas knows, but as of yesterday, Nebraska is a 12 and a half to 13 and a half point favorite. What do they know that we don't know? Um, Purdue, I feel like could be a very similar vein. And then Michigan State is bad. Yep. So, you win those. Guess what, folks? That's six wins. It could be going bowling. Yeah. Don't let don't let Matt Rule hear you talk about bowl games. <laughs> That's right. We'll get a dirty look. We'll get a dirty <laughs> look for him. Yeah. He's like, if I talk about bowl games, I'm part of the problem. Um, which is fair. Like internally, like Nebraska hasn't made a bowl game in such a long time. I think they're the longest drought of any power five team since Kansas made a bowl last year. So not great in that regard, but like they could do it. They could do it. 
Um, the last three games of the year worry me a little bit. Um, Maryland is pretty decent. Wisconsin, I genuinely don't know what to make of Wisconsin. And then Iowa could run the dang table. 11 and 1, it's possible. And not score 325 <laughs> points. Incredible. Um, but yeah, no, if Nebraska wants to make a bowl game, these next three on paper, of course, um, feel like their best opportunities, um, especially since they squandered one away to open the year. Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, with with what Rule is saying, like, I think it makes sense. You know, you want your coaching staff to be composed, to to not really get out of the minutia of, of every week because, you know, there is so much stuff that they have to deal with. But at the same time, I feel like people people are allowed to be optimistic, right? Like, you know, the the last few weeks, you've seen some stuff, you know, with, with Heinrich Harburg, with the defense where like, yeah, they haven't gone out and, you know, maybe set the world on fire, but they've been a solid team at moments. You know, they've had, they picked up those wins and, you know, they've looked good enough compared to some of these other Big Ten West teams that are also going through, you know, similar struggles that, People do look at those three games like just like you did and saying, hey, these are winnable games. Like if if they all go to plan, you know, it could be a special season. Like, yes, again, you're, you're getting ahead of things. But I think there's there's valid reasons for for people to look at those games and be optimistic. Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Nebraska, you know, is in a in a rough spot, like in terms of just generalities. I'm not talking about like with this specific team. It's like, yeah, you're in year one of a new coach. Guess what? So are the next three teams that they play. Northwestern obviously fired Pat Fitzgerald before the season. Purdue, year one of the new coach. Michigan State fired Mel Tucker for obvious reasons earlier this year. So all three of those programs are definitely going through some growing pains. Um, And I think that Nebraska has favorable chances. Now, of course, things can happen. Um, As we've seen the last several weeks, I mean, how many season-ending injuries can one side of the ball have i'm hopefully no more knock on all of the wood this is not a wood table but you know what i mean like you know like i'm not trying to be a homer there i just hate injuries it's my least favorite part of the game like you want everybody to play when they're you know at their best and you don't want to leave anything out on the table like oh what if we had so-and-so like i just want everybody everybody to be healthy no excuses that way but i just yeah, that's the part that concerns me is just so many injuries. Um, so you wonder how that will affect things down the road because you're throwing in a lot of guys who don't have much experience whatsoever out there. Um, but we'll see on Saturday how that goes yep. for some of those younger guys. Yeah, definitely on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, those skill positions already stretch pretty thin. Like you said, any other injuries there would really really hurt their season chances moving forward um, again as they head into the second half of the season. And a couple different personnel spots uh, to touch on, discuss really quickly. Um, of course, we want to start with the quarterback. Um, kind of had a, a back and forth for several weeks, like what Sims doing? You know, is he still in your plans? Like what's going on? And Rule finally said this week, Har- Harburg's the team starter. Like Jeff is still going to get some chances with the ones. He's ready to play if they need him, but it's Heinrich Harburg's offense. That makes the most sense to me. He has really grown in the past several weeks. I think that 
I don't know what the ceiling of the offense is. I think we're probably around it, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, just with, and that's not a knock on Harburg. That's just a, the the cards that they are dealt right now. Um, but I don't know if putting Jeff back in there would make them any better. I just I don't think that it would. I think you ride the hot hand, and if you have to make a change down the road for another reason, then you do that. But I just think that Heinrich gives them the best chance right now. Yeah, agreed. And I I don't think he's done anything in the last four weeks where you're like, oh, like this is this is a big issue. Like you gotta he's costing them here. Like yeah, he's had mistakes. Every every player yeah. makes mistakes, but nothing like super severe. And I think for the most part, the offense has looked very comfortable uh, with him at the helm. Um, yeah, efficiency stuff to clean up. You know that that's the stuff that they're always talking about. But like you said, I mean he's he's led this team very well and. And that's going to continue. Yeah. I mean, you look at like, yeah, he's had a few turnovers, but like that tipped pass interception, like that's not really his fault. And then, all right, you throw a deep one that gets picked off on the sideline. All right. That's like a punt, basically. So you can make excuses for those, I guess. Um, but he he wants those back, I'm sure. But it could be worse. <laughs> Definitely. So with Harburg there at quarterback, um, also, you know, some discussion behind him there at running back, uh, you know, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson going down a couple of weeks ago, it was very clear that Anthony Grant was going to be able to step up, you know, be that kind of workhorse running back, but fumbles the last two weeks, um, you know, not really something that was like a major, major issue for him two years ago. It's really kind of popped up this season. Um, and Everything has been like, hey, he's working to address this in practice. Like he knows if he keeps fumbling, he's not going to be able to keep playing. But it's like they got a converted wide receiver. They've got freshmen like the options behind him are not they're not like chomping at the bit to to get 15, 20 carries a game like he does. Yeah, no, it, the cupboard is pretty bare there because um, they've got some really young guys, but they're probably going to redshirt. You don't want to pull those yep. red shirts for the sake of this, right? You just hope that he gets it figured out. But if he doesn't, what are you going to do? Because turnovers with this team, as we've seen, are liability. You cannot turn the ball over like they have this season. And but yeah, I don't know what the right answer is yeah, there. I mean, I I like Emma Johnson and Josh Fleeks both as kind of like a change of pace back, but neither mm-hmm. of them is running between the tackles like Grant. No. Like that's, that's just not happening. So No, they're just, they're not that type of that work they're not that workhorse you know that's just not their skill set so do you run with Heinrich more do you go with the fullback more like I don't know what the answer is there necessarily but it's got to get figured out or something's got to change yeah so maybe a creative week of game planning for for Marcus Sodderfield perhaps uh, figuring out how to get the ball in his best playmaker's hands Um, Billy Kemp probably at the top of that list and especially this is relevant because Marcus Washington, season-ending injury uh, there at wide receiver. Freshman Malachi Coleman, he's now a starter. Jalen Lloyd and Jaden Doss set for more time. Um, Ty Han, another, he's a walk-on wide receiver, got a catch last game. Um, could play a little bit more as well. But Malachi listed as the starter. Uh, he pretty much took over Marcus Washington's role there against Illinois. Uh, for, I don't know about necessarily expecting him to like get you know, two, three, four catches, like it's been pretty tough for these freshmen, you know, to always break open. But 
as long as they're out there, I mean, they're going to have those opportunities to, to be targeted by Harburg and be a big part of this passing game. Yeah, I mean, they have to step up. Nebraska wants to win. They need to get them involved. You need Billy Kemp involved, too. But you also need to get those freshmen uh, involved as well. And I think they did a good job with that with Malachi last week, even though he didn't necessarily have like, you know, 100 yards or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, he was out there. He was really involved. And that's the best that you can hope for. Yeah, I think I think especially with these young wide receivers, you know, it's it's all the small things too, like run blocking, you know, like being in the right place and the formation, like not having to have your quarterback like bark at you. So like that was the stuff that the first few weeks that was maybe keeping them off the field. Like right now they're, they're very hopeful. I think the coaching staff that those issues are in the past, but it's really, it's, it's do or die. Like those guys are going to be out there. Uh, hopefully those, those issues are in the past, I think is, is probably the mindset. So, um, all of them set to potentially play a little bit more and the opponent coming to town uh, this week, Northwestern. And I think just being three and three, like that's, that's pretty surprising. I would not have said that. No, I just, if you would have asked me at media days, I'd be like, yeah, one and 11 probably. Yeah. Honestly. Beat Howard and lose every other game. Yeah. But they've, they've overperformed some of their expectations. Um, but what I think you do when you look at this team, um, the quarterback issue is big for them this week. Uh, ben Bryant, their starter to begin the year, um, his status very unclear. Interim coach David Braun did not give much of an update yesterday. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> the master, the master of PR. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. there, That's a word for it. Northwestern. Sorry. Maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little rude with that one. Uh, but Basically, Brian, he sat out this last game, um, had injured, I think it was an arm, hand, some sort of upper body injury that was uh, troubling him, did not play against the FCS team, Howard. And it was Brendan Sullivan who led that game, uh, led the offense. And it was a very, very close win over an FCS team. Um, so that's a little bit of an issue for them. And I just think when you look at this Northwestern team, like the run game is not prolific. Uh, they're number 109 nationally in scoring offense number 80 in scoring defense, uh, have some good linebackers, kind of their strength of the defense. But when you look at Nebraska, right, the defense is the strength of the team. Northwestern, they're just, they're just kind of all there. over the place. Yeah. They're there. They exist. Yep. Like they, they just don't have a notable strength. Like they can no. come up with good moments. They can come up with good plays. Any team can do that. But I feel like in a game like this, you got to have something that you're going to lean on and be like, that's what's going to win us the game. And it's it's the Nebraska defense. Yep, absolutely. No question. <laughs> well, glad we're agreed on that. Uh, but as we get into our Husker hot topic, it's like, yes, the defense is the strength. But what happens if Nebraska is down seven in the fourth quarter? You know, what happens if they really need to turn to this passing game, um, you know, for a late second half comeback? Do we think this Nebraska offense is capable of a second half comeback? Depends on how big it is, but probably not. I think you have to rely on special teams and defense to set you up for success um, and hope that the offense can make something out of it. I just think that the biggest stars of this offense, they're all hurt, all of them. And so you hope that there could be a magical moment for some young guy. Um, but until I see it, 
I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very pessimistic about their chances if they were to be down late and needing to rally. Uh, just because you like you get into those obvious passing situations, and that's first off, that's a challenge for the O line to block. Um, you know, give those plays time to develop. And the second thing is, you got to have your wide receivers win out. And yes, you've got Billy Kemp, but he's he's getting double covered a lot. Like Alex Bullock does some good things. Um, you've got these freshmen coming in, tight end Thomas Fedoni's a a key key target in the passing game. But when if they were to have to drop back, you know, five ten times in a row it's going to be really, really tough for those targets to get open. Yeah. And, you know, like Heinrich, uh, for has, as decent as he's been in the passing game, he's a, he's a running guy. Yeah, just is. And I, I, I just think it's the way that it is. The, the winning formula is hopefully your offense gets some points early, lean on the defense, you know, over enough drives, you know, that'll settle out. But definitely if, if this one is close, uh, fourth quarter, late in the second half, it's, uh, could be tense. Could be tense. It will be for me because I want to get to Devaney <laughs> as right. soon as possible. Well, score predictions. Do we think we'll be we'll know what's going to happen or is it going to take a long time for this game to develop? I hope we figure it out early, partially for selfish reasons, but also just I think Nebraska is better than this Northwestern team. Uh, you know, being two score favorites, I think uh, bodes well for them. Now they've got to, you know, translate that into on the field production. But uh, I'm thinking Nebraska 21, Northwestern 12. Yep, I'm going pretty similar, 24-14 uh, Nebraska. I think to me this is the kind of game where if Nebraska can get up like 10, 14 nothing in the first half, like I, I think that will really, I don't want to say that'll do it, but I mean that'll, that will really set the tone, make it super difficult for Northwestern to come back from if it's like, Seven seven, you know, ten three. Like if it's really close there at halftime, the chances will be there for Northwestern to maybe see something in the second half. But I do see, I see Nebraska getting some points on the board there in the first half and letting that elite defense go to work. That's the hope, anyway, that Nebraska wants. So yeah. we will see. But I'm crazier, optimistic. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> Stop. I mean, you never know. You never know. No, I want it to be easy. Nebraska scores first, doesn't let go. We all have a quick post game, yeah. and we can move on to the other place that we need. We to are we are aiming for the quickest game in college football this season. Hey, let's make, I, let's make some calls. See what, I, see what it takes. All right, make sure Buffalo Wild Wings is out of the picture. <laughs> That's right. No, no replay reviews, no injuries, none of that. We, nope. we can't have it. Can't be having it. No, just run the ball all day long and have a two and a half hour game. That That's won't right. happen. That won't happen. <laughs> but hey, I'm optimistic. We can we can hope certainly. So a lot a lot to look forward to this week in Nebraska athletics again. That big Saturday doubleheader, Northwestern coming to town, Wisconsin as well in volleyball. So we'll have all the coverage as always at JournalStar.com. Football, volleyball, everything in between. Uh, from Husker Athletics, and hope you'll be with us for this important weekend, and also hope you've enjoyed today's Life in the Red. Uh, the return of Amy, she'll be back with us next week as well. I uh, appreciate all of you listeners and viewers. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.